Welcome into the official. We are going to be really transparent with you guys on this episode. So um, the season is pretty much in the books. There's one game left. It's going to be obviously Georgia versus TCU for the Natty. Um, but at this point, I've compiled all of the stats for running backs and wide receivers in our top 25, in um, the big services top 25 rivals, 24-7 on three uh, versus C2C's running backs uh, and wide receivers. We're going to look at those two position groups tonight and compare how did we do versus how did the services do. And, uh, you know, there's some good, there's some bad. We'll talk about all of it. But at this point, there's no real freshman receiver uh, or running back for that matter who is going to make a huge dent in the national title game. So feel pretty good about releasing these numbers now. Jordan Hudson, of course, for TCU may, uh, you know, have a nice game, but it won't affect too much um, of the services because of, of the way that we looked at it. So we're going to do that tonight. Take a look at C2C versus the other recruiting services. This is the official. Welcome in, boys. It's uh, nice to have everybody back after a little holiday break. First episode of the new year. Everyone have a nice little, nice little respite there. Yeah, gotta love the holidays, but it's good to be back talking about what we love, recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I have to say, I feel a little refreshed myself. Definitely was a slog getting through, you know, signing day. I think the last episode. I had, we had all broadcast, you know, seven hours that day and then did the show. So um, definitely needed a little bit of a break, but we are back. We're going to be hitting, uh, hitting the airwaves every single Thursday morning on YouTube. Saturday mornings, you can listen to the show on a podcast, but we do try to make this a little bit more of a visual show. Um, this episode's going to be mostly talking, but generally speaking, we like to have some graphics and some clips so you can get a sense for what these players uh, can offer. Before we get started, like and subscribe this video uh, and to the C2C YouTube page. That helps us get, um, you know, get into that algorithm goodness. And then also check out the website, campuscanda.com. We have tools, articles, guides. We are going to start be putting out, speaking of recruiting, our freshman guide for the 2023 class, which is an all-in-one comprehensive, you know, guide to freshman drafts and, and these skill position players and what we think of them. And then obviously there's multiple subscription tiers that you can choose from at campusdecanta.com. So without further ado, tonight we're going to be, we're going to, you know, we're kind of going to just like lay it all on the line here and show how we did as a company versus the more established and obviously brand name recruiting services. So how do you guys uh, feel before we, you know, reveal too much, you know the results are you uh you know on scale one to ten satisfied or hashtag unfinished business for 2023 i think hashtag unfinished business i feel i feel about a seven but honestly for our first year doing this uh, you know going against the seasoned pros i would say these guys have been doing this for a long time i think we stacked up pretty well and i think that we're I know, you know, we're always like tweaking our processes and, you know, I think we're going to come even, even better this year. We'll see though. 
Yeah, I would say the same. Probably like a six. I definitely think we could, you know, there's areas we could improve on, but the guys that we were really in on that the services weren't, most of those guys did hit, which is something I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, and we will talk a little bit about that, especially because, you know, with all these rankings, um, I used to write for a website called Razzball, um, and they had a guy on there who did, was really into, he did the Fantasy Pros, um, you know, weekly rankings, or maybe it was yearly rankings, position specific for fantasy football on the NFL side. And, you know, he was kind of obsessed with being different because he's like, what is the point of just going consensus ranks in your rankings? And then you may finish in the top five, but like, who gained anything from that to see five different rankings? They're all basically the same. Um, and so he would actually run his models or his rankings against everyone else's and come up with a, um, a boldness score is what he called it. And so I kind of learned that concept from him. Uh, Rudy Gamble is actually a really smart guy. Um, and so I reached out to him and I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking at our rankings versus all these other services, but I also do want to come up with a boldness score because if we're saying, and we'll get to a few specific players, if we're saying, you know, player X, nobody's talking about, but he is going to hit and he goes, boom, that helps people because they scoop that guy up in all of their drafts in the later rounds or whatever, knowing they could get him later, but we had him, you know, running back eight uh, teaser is who I'm referring to specifically, but, or seven, I think. Um, but so, so the differentiation, I think really is, is key to hone into. So we'll look at raw results but also just that differentiation of are your rankings different from consensus and i think we did well in both of those spots before we get to running backs i actually want to talk about wide receivers first this is how i started this process so it's curious if we avoided year one zero um better than the services because interestingly enough despite five-star status four-star status whatever plenty of guys end up being year one zeros and if you're not familiar with what that is, um, it is basically a guy who doesn't meet certain very, very minimum thresholds, like 10 catches in a season, 100 receiving yards in a season. And um, unfortunately, those guys go on to have a much less chance of being a relevant NFL wide receiver for fantasy. So you want to avoid that year one zero. And uh, I was like, hey, did we do a better job than services? So let's take a quick look here. I'm going to bring this up. Uh, on three, very impressive. In their top 10 wide receivers last year, they only had three year one zeros. So seven out of 10 avoided that. 24-7 um, and Campus to Canton tied with four top 10 year one zeros. Rivals comes in behind at the worst with five top 10 year one zeros. Um, on three, again, even when you expanded out to the top 25, 11 of their top 25 were year one zero. Now, they did the best. That's still what, 35, no, 40% of their, um, you know, their top 25 was year one zero. That's, you know, that's not good um, in most cases, you know, to have a 41% like total failure rate, right? But um, everyone else came in at 15. So on three, though, did really good. I mean, they did really good. I did not look at ESPN. With that being said, um, Let's talk about a couple of the receivers before we look into uh, boldness score for the wide receivers. Um, what did we do right? And what did we do wrong? There's a couple glaring ones. Anybody want to guess the biggest, just a total whiff on our part in the wide receivers that turned out to be a big time year one zero? Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess that's probably Shetron. 
Shetron was in our top 10, and he was a bust, but he was not nearly the bust that our, our wide receiver three was. David, do you remember who that was? Oh, DJ Allen. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was so high. So DJ Allen um, not only was a brutal year one zero who barely even played for Texas Christian uh, on an obviously good team, you know, who's in the final. He was our wide receiver three, and he was the only – we were the only side to even have them in the top 25, period, of this group. So we took a stand. We said, yeah, this guy's it. It's a great situation. There's not a lot of competition except for Quinton Johnston. Turned out we were wrong. It was just we picked the wrong freshman TCU wide receiver. I think we did have Hudson, who avoided year one zero in our top 25. We didn't have – you know, DJ Allen was definitely the guy we planted our flag on. Um, you mentioned Shetron. We had him at wide receiver eight. We were higher on him than the services. That was a, that was a miss. Um, and then, you know, D- Matt, uh, yeah, Matt, I think you liked De- denial on Morris at, like I did, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. I think he ended up uh, not quite as high as you. I think he was my wide receiver 11 in my final rankings. Right. I had him top five, I think. And so I knew we both liked him, but uh, we were the only site bold enough to put him in our top 25 and he busted um, for Georgia. Didn't really even get on the field hardly at all. But there were some good things that we did. Adam Randall, we all loved Adam Randall and he just did squeak in avoiding that year one zero in the final game, the final drive of the final game. He caught two passes for like 30 yards and got over 100 yards on the season. I do think there's a bit of an asterisk there. I mean, had he missed year one zero, I think we would have had to throw him in the bucket. However, I think there's something impressive here with a guy who, whether or not it was fully a blown ACL, it was a major injury in spring. He still comes back, plays the same year, and avoids year one zero. So I I, I, I mean, that's a big win to me. He's listed at 6'2", 230. I mean, he is a massive, massive guy, which is what we thought coming in. Any other follow-up there? I know, uh, Matt, you liked him. David, I can't remember where you were on on, uh, on Adam Randall. Yeah, I had Randall for – he was my number one for most of the process. I ended up moving him, like, late in the process to number two behind Luther Burden. But, I mean, he squeaked it out, which it was a very nerve-wracking. It was quite the sweat for us in that <laughs> final game. Uh, it was super annoying to see Cole Turner taking snaps over him. But, anyways, like, he got out there – I, he probably just wasn't himself yet. Like typically it takes a little while, like just to, I mean, just to come back from that injury that quickly and, and still avoid it is probably pretty special. I feel like at the same time you're thinking, okay, Cole Turner is getting snaps over him. That's very strange. I think he'll be hundred percent next year. I think he's, I think he'll get back to where we expect him to be. Yeah, you would think he could take that uh, and hopefully do better than, you know, Joan Gata. I, I don't know if he'll be back, but that's the role that, you know, outside X and then Williams will be the movable chess piece and um, Cole Turner, whatever, he'll be the Slade Bolden of the offense or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I still think Adam Randall was a pretty good call. We had him high highest. Most services did have him in the top 25. I think Rivals was the only one without him at all in the top 25, so missed out. Um, on a on a non on a year one zero avoidance, I'm proud of us. We had Aaron Anderson pretty low. We had him at wide receiver 22, still on our top 25. But he was like top three, top five for most services, and he didn't do anything and now transferred to LSU. Um, 
And we're also, I think... Of Kai Kai pop in here? A really big one here that uh, I don't know if you checked. CJ Williams, who just announced his transfer today. I don't think anybody in the crew was really very in on him. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what our... Do you have his overall ranking on here? Yeah, yeah, I can. You're right. He was definitely outside of our top 10. And, you know, for most other services, he was like a top five guy. That's right. So 24-7, he was seven. Rivals, he was uh, seven, I believe. On three did not have him. We did. Oh, on three was low. Yeah, on three was low. Wide receiver seventy or something. Yeah, I forgot about that. We did put him at twelve, but we were much lower than consensus. But we did have him at twelve. I was. He was in my twenties, I believe. So I I was pretty out on him. I definitely ended up just like succumbing to like, oh, he's a good route runner, but. He's not. I mean, you know, I think I'd be interested to look at year one zeros who transfer right away after one year. Like, what is that? That'd is that be really interesting. Bad? Yeah. Do they can they can they find new life or do they just pick the wrong school or is that just really bad? Um, probably pat just on the bad. back. Yeah, pro- probably is bad. <laughs> uh, pat on the back for Matthew Golden. Uh, yeah, I was not nearly quite as high on him. We had him at ten. That was, I think, industry high. He avoided year one zero. He looked great as a compliment to Nathaniel Dell and big time wheels up in 2023 for Matthew Golden. Um, and another guy from his former high school, right? We're high on him all of a sudden already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jalen Smith this year. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, we didn't have Kevin Coleman in our top 25. He was like top 10 consensus for most. Um, hard to say. I mean, we kind of didn't pick him because you couldn't even use him. I mean, he was a Jackson State. So he wasn't a year one zero there. Um, now he's going to Colorado, right? I think so. He's officially. I don't. Transferred. I don't think. I don't think he did yet. But he's in the portal. Just hasn't I done it yet. Believe so. Yeah. Well, if he stays at Jackson State, I mean, there, we did the right thing to not um, rank him. We can't use him in our in our leagues. Um, all right. So now looking at on three, this is because I mean on three. We'll look at the running backs too. Like on three had a great year um, in twenty twenty two. They were high on Jordan Hudson, had him at wide receiver two, 17 points higher than consensus. They did not have C.J. Williams like we just mentioned. They did not have Andre Green, which I think we were kind of low on Andre Green as well, but uh, they didn't have him at all, and he was like total bust for UNC, despite not really having great wide receivers. You know, We thought the room was going to be wide open, and he just didn't do it. They're big. They had two big whips. Uh, Caleb Webb for Tennessee at wide receiver nine, Nick Anderson, uh, who went to Oklahoma. I don't think played at all wide receiver 16. Um, any thoughts on those guys, you know, hits and misses, uh, anyone you want to dock your cap to on three for any of those? I mean, we definitely can't judge them for the, uh, Caleb Webb. I think the three of us were all pretty high on him. Um, you know, our model loved him. There's a lot to like there and just didn't pan out for him at Tennessee. So, yeah. Definitely chalk that one up as a miss for us as well. Yeah, we didn't have him in our top 10, but yeah, we, we did kind of like him. I think he was, uh, might have been on my three star. Was he a three star or four star by the end of it? Oh, I, I would imagine star, he, oh, yeah. uh, was he? Okay. He was like my wide receiver 18 or 17 or something like mm-hmm. that. So we, we're yeah. still a bit lower than on three. And then Andre Green, I mean, these guys who are just like these raw six foot three. 200 pound 190 pound guys i mean i don't want to put i don't think we should put guys in a box and just say hey if you're a certain height and weight you're not going to succeed but in addition to that we knew he was raw freaky athletic 
and mm-hmm. the sites loved him. I think yeah. those kind of guys I, must do. I loved him as well. I I think oh, he yeah. was my wide receiver six. I was I think I was the highest on him, mm-hmm. and uh, and he reminds me so much of Noah Rogers. So I'm really trying to skip that oh. one this year. Oh, that, go that go watch go watch the tape. There. Watch them back to back. I'm Andre just going out slow there. though, isn't he? I I, yeah. I tried so how many, fast is Noah Rogers? I tried so many plays with Andre Green, like. Even on defense, I couldn't get this guy over 20 miles per hour. That, that that was my main concern with him is just, like, the competition level he was playing against. And, I mean, he's coordinated and has really good ball skills. But, uh, you know, aside from that, I didn't really love him. But I missed on plenty of dudes anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I think on three and C2C had the most guys that had, like, a lot of variability. Rivals in 24-7 were a little bit more close to the vest. Um Rivals, big, big whiff on three guys, uh, Jaden Gibson, Kyle Casper, Andre Green. You know, Casper and Gibson, they had really high, and they just did nothing. Jaden Gibson, in a room that was not really doing much, didn't I – mean, I'm not sure he had a snap. One of the most zero of all the year one zeros, Kyle Casper, I don't know. I, I wasn't high on him, but they had him at 14. Kevin Coleman, wide receiver nine. I don't know if that's good or bad, but he did pretty well at you know the FCS level. They had Andre Green, wide receiver five. So they're in your boat, Matt. Um, and then twenty four seven, Isaiah Bond was ranked as an athlete. I don't know how. Some of these, there's like variability. You know, I don't know should I punish a site for ranking guys an athlete, or you know, we'll talk in the running backs ranking guys a wide receiver when he should have been a running back. Um, I didn't know how to really do that. Um, they didn't have Jordan Hudson around. Caleb Burton, who we dropped, I think, uh, appropriately after injury, and he didn't look that good as a senior. They kept him at wide receiver 10. And Taylor and Shetter not in their top 25, but that turned out to be good for them. But Rivals in 24-7 just didn't have that many guys who were, like, way off the you know consensus. They were pretty closer to each other, which makes sense, right, because they're the more veteran sites. Yeah, for sure, and especially like with rivals, where they have you know they run actual off-season camps where you know they get to see these guys in person. I think that's definitely a big advantage for them. Yeah, and apparently they don't let anybody else go to these rivals camps; only rivals people. And so, because I was like, "Hey, we should go to these camps and see the receivers." You know, we got up close and personal with the Elite Eleven quarterbacks, which was great, but um, unfortunately, not with the other position groups. So anyway, now now let's talk. So we kind of talked about these variabilities, right? And but now let's reveal the boldness ranking, boldness rating uh, for these sites. I'll put it up here, uh, Dave. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, on three, so impressive here. Like leaps and bounds, more different. Also leaps and bounds, you know, better. So on three is doing something right. Yeah, I think, and I don't even think they're intentionally being bold. I think that's just their, I mean, that's their evaluation. And I, I, Charles Power is the guy that he, you know, he pretty much controls the rankings over there. It's just, it's mostly other people contribute to it, but it's pretty much a one-man show. And Oh, I, I don't think I knew that. He does all the rankings for all the players. I think he oversees it. I think, I, I don't know how exactly their process, but I think he gets final say as far as I know. That's at least mm. what I read that at one point. Um, wow. He's looking at NFL traits specifically. Like he he's definitely, you know, that's why he has guys like Cordell Russell higher 
than most of the services because you know he's an absolute freak show and, and like eugene wilson he has that insane change of direction and body control so he's looking for standout things um that he thinks will you know translate to uh the nfl so I think that is a true, I don't think they're trying to just be different to be different. Um, I think that's the big takeaway for me. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to people just in passing um, as the recruiting cycle wound down and, you know, Florida has a few receivers in their top 10. So I'm very hopeful. Hopefully they, they nailed it again uh, this next year, but you know, I talked to people like, Oh, you know, th there is a, sentiment like you're talking about here there's a sentiment that on three just wants to be different on three is just trying to be put their name on the map and be different and even if they are it's working i mean it's not just differentness it's or differentiation it's also like they nailed it in terms of actual production and getting uh relevant receivers on the list we were more different than the others, uh, but it's much less of a gap. I mean, 6.5. Uh, and just to explain to everyone, I guess what I should uh, I should do that real quick. What this means is um, on three, on average, had um, each player was 6.5 points different than the consensus between all these groups you see here. So I did the average ranking for each player. Uh, got an average, and then uh, what on three had versus the average for these four groups um, is there, and then tallied up, divided by 25 players, um, was 6.5 different. Now, that could be plus or minus. That's why we kind of talked more specifically about, you know, they had some guys that were really high and busted, some guys that were really low and busted, so that was good, um, but just different. They were different than if you just went down 24-7 arrivals. And we were different as well with the 5.6, but not that different. We, we kind of were a little closer to consensus with 24-7 and Rivals. Um, Rivals was the least different and also the worst, which is kind of interesting. That's like the worst combination there. I think one take home as we you know head into 2023 and um, with our final rankings and then look towards 2024, which we will start doing before we know it in like March or whatever, you know, really just that will be the main content is 2024. So we're going to start this next process. I think we should be comfortable being different. And I think we are as a group. I mean, I think as we talk about guys, we are not afraid to take a stand and, you know, DJ Allen did bust, but um, you know, bold, I think you do get rewarded for being different. Uh, if you see something and we as a group see something or Matt's model pops, we should, we should run with it because um you know, as we've said, the reason we started this show, the reason we started doing this as a company, I think, is because we're like, there's got to be room for improvement, right? I mean, these hit rates are not very good. Um, and so there's got to be a way to do it better. And, and we're obviously it's on our first year. We're still working things out. But I think we can take that from there. Any other thoughts on like the boldness and how on three was just like totally dominant? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting, you know, that they did uh, were as accurate as they were with how bold they were. You know, certainly very impressive. And uh, yeah, I think you know, I definitely don't think we hold back at all. You know, with trying to not be different, and it's not that we're trying to be different either. You know, it's just we all have our all in individual tastes and uh, what we think projects the best to the next level. And uh, you know, we're just gonna roll with that. Yeah. But I, you know, I do think we did pretty well. I was pretty pleased um, with the results there um, to at least be hanging in with these groups 
and being a little bit different and still hanging in. It's not like we, you know, shot our shot and totally missed. So uh, moving on to running backs here, I had to do this a little different. We don't have a year one zero equivalent for running back. Um, <clears throat> so the what I just did was production, total production for the top 25. You know, what set of top 25 running backs produced the most in 2022? And you'll see here on three, once again, is number one in touches number one in yards and second place in TDs rivals had more TDs at 93 total out of their top 25 running backs uh, and tied for most touches uh, with their top 25 running backs. Um, but on three, I mean, just lapping the field with total yards, which I think probably is the best, um, you know, maybe the best number to look at there as we know, touchdowns are a little bit fluky, um, but we finished in second place on total yards. So I like that for us more than rivals more way 24 seven had a bad year as you can see here. Um, but everybody, you know, we were right there neck and neck with on three and rivals 1690 touches for on three and rivals 1662 for campus to Canton um, on three 9,304 or 9334 yards. Uh, we were sitting at 91.50. So we were about 150 yards off of on three and uh, slightly ahead of rivals. So right there, you know, jockeying for position with them and touchdowns were a little bit less as well. So, you know, I think once again, pretty good results here. And 24-7 for context, who, you know, all due respect to 24-7. They're kind of like, well, rivals is probably the godfather of recruiting. 24-7 is, is a close second place there. But, man, 1,400 touches. They were like 200 less touches in their group of 25, 7,900 yards, 1,000 yards less than the rest of us, and 80 touchdowns. Uh, just really, really had a rough year at running back uh, prospecting there. Any of this jump out to you? Obviously, on three, once again, pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue against, you know, what on three is doing. I mean, the, uh, at wide receiver and running back, they're, I mean, they're the most bold and they're the most accurate. Like, what else can you say about it? And uh, I, I think this really is just showing, you know, the, it's kind of like the new guys in town are kind of, you know, stepping it up here because we've been, you know, above rivals in 24-7 and the other one as well. So uh, I, th I think maybe, you know, it's our uh, willingness to use different methods and different ways to look at things and measure things. Uh, that's really separating you know these newer companies apart yeah i mean one thing we always wanted to do when we started was just say let's throw everything against the wall and see if it sticks you know and i think we are continuing to do that let's get into some individual players here um obviously c2c was carried by the one the only quinshawn judkins we were the only group who had them even um it, well certainly the only in had them in the top 10 he was our seven um on three did sneak him in at 25. And if they had not done that, if they had not had him, I mean, arbitrary cutoff, top 25, I just picked a number. Um, but if they had not had him in their top 25, I think we would have been, you know, should have did top one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should have. Um, but Judkins was incredible. If you don't remember, uh, he had like almost 1,700 yards. I believe he had like 15, 16 touchdowns. Um, yeah, 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns. I mean, just absolute 
just monster season. I mean, who could have possibly seen it coming? We thought he'd be good. I don't think even Matt Bruning, who was the number one Quinchon Judkins conductor of the hype train, I don't think he would have said he thought that season was in store. And so then we, um, that was our big one. We talked a little bit off air. Uh, You know, who was a guy that you guys were high on? We had in our top 10, we were bold, and we don't know if it was a hit or a miss. Yeah, that would be uh, Andrew Paul. It's, uh, you know, pretty disappointing. All signs sounded like, you know, he was doing well early and, you know, in the summer and the spring. And then, uh, you know, before the season started, he tore his ACL and, Never get to know now. Um, and, you know, they're bringing in more running backs in this class. So does he transfer out? We don't know. But I, I don't think, you know, we can really make any judgment there on him yet. Yeah, probably not. David, any thoughts on Paul? Where did you land on him? I think we all ended up pretty excited by the end of it all. Yeah, I remember Austin scolded us too. That was the guy that Austin found initially. And then he told us that we got too high on him. But he ended up making my <laughs> top ten at the position. None of the service ended up coming around on him, which is very, I mean, we definitely went out on a limb like you're saying that we should. Um, I felt pretty good well, about it. He was it. performing, right? We had, we had, yeah. I remember we talked on the show. He was getting reps in front of Branson Robinson. I, like, I like, I loved his film. His production was really good. We got like a good mile per hour on him. He had good side. Like he was just checking all sorts of boxes. He, I was pretty confident about him. Obviously, the injury hurts. We'll see how. We'll see what happens. You know, Georgia just keeps cycling in new talent. It's just, and how's he going to look? You know, coming off that injury, it's tough to say. But um, that one kind of hurts a little bit because I did feel good about it. You know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Um, one guy who just had a great bowl game that we were very low on. He did make our top twenty. Five, but we did have him very low, which I think was a mistake. Is Javante Barnes? Do you remember either one of you? I mean, I don't remember thinking much of him at all. I mean, I was just kind of like, oh, he's a guy, like whatever. He's going to Oklahoma. He's a guy behind, you know, uh, Eric Gray or whatever. But uh, where, where do you think we went wrong on Javante? Or do you think maybe he just lucked into some some carries and he may not necessarily be that great? Any any thoughts on Javante Barnes? I think there was limited film on him to begin with, but he was a guy that I kind of liked in the beginning. And then, and then everyone kind of said they didn't like the film, which I, this film isn't amazing, but the reason why I liked him initially was just because um, he was a 200 pound back that had an 11 foot broad jump. So I knew that I knew for sure that he was a super explosive athletic guy that a coaching staff would, would potentially like right away. Um, I don't know if he was like super efficient as a runner though. And, and now Sawchuck, you know, he got that, he got some momentum towards the end of the season there. He, it looks like he added weight, you know, some of these guys that run track, they were like really small coming in. And then all of a sudden they kind of like blow up a little bit. Um, so he looks pretty big to me, not like super big, but um, so maybe Sawchuck ends up passing him anyway. You know, it's, it's so early. It's tough to tell exactly. It is. And I mean, he wasn't like, go ahead. He wasn't. And, yeah. And Oklahoma was bringing in, two other pretty highly rated backs in this class as well with Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, almost like Hicks is the new Javante and Smothers is the new Sawchuck a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just don't remember too much special. And it's not like he had a Quinchon Judkins season, but he had like 600 yards and five touchdowns. That's pretty good. Um, 
We were high on Ramon Brown. We also were talking off air. We we pretty much, I think this was a strategic error. We put Terrence Gibbs, who was a four-star before getting injured um, and then wound up at Georgia Southern. Didn't even play as a freshman at Georgia Southern. Who knows? You know, Maybe he'll recover from that injury, but pretty rough to have him in the top 16. I think he was running back 16 and just gave us a zero. So that hurts. You know, Andrew Paul, we took a stand, got unlucky with injury. Terrence Gibbs is probably not smart. I think we could have been really close to on three or better had we, uh, you know, maybe if we had simply just said, hey, let's not put Terrence Gibbs and anybody else. Just put anybody else because he's not going to play. Um, on three had a few pretty good ones. Uh, they had uh, Caleb, uh, Caleb Johnson for Iowa, who ended up having a pretty good season, you know, 800 yards by the end of it all. Um, and then the other, this was the other site that had Janty uh, in their top 25. And we had uh, Ashton Janty in our top 25 as well. I was shocked to see that, that on three, um, they didn't copy us, but, but they, but they had him so high and he had, you know, he, he flirted with a thousand yards, you know, as the B back behind George Helani. Um, so big, you know, t- tip of the hat there. Yeah. He's actually, I was very high on Caleb Johnson. I uh, don't believe my running back, you know, I wasn't as invested in other positions last year. This year I went full and everywhere, but I don't believe my uh, running back rankings made it into last year's guide. But I was very high on Caleb Johnson, David Martinez, and mm. uh, what was the other one? I just Samuel had the Brown other one. is it? Samuel Brown. Yep, that was it. I was high on and those Samuel, three. Yeah, All three Samuel being Brown big size played. speed guys. Yeah, Brown played this year. Um, I was trying to see where we kind of cut off that top 25 for us. Um, Caleb Johnson wasn't really that close. And, uh, I think I lost the battle cause I was really, really high on Damian Martinez as well. I um, remember you were too. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, no one else really agreed with, I think, us. I think Austin um, was a big time hater. Not I have to throw him under the bus, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I remember sure. he scolded us once. Pretty sure all the 200 pound, 21 mile per hour guys pretty much. I mean, those guys are kind of ready to go, I feel like, from a size athletic standpoint. I think the only guy that you would know was Justin Williams, which I think we had questions yeah. about him as a pass catcher and maybe his blocky. I don't know if that's why he didn't get on the field. Plus, the other freshman was pretty good, too. So, Yeah, and the only freaking – I think the only group on three might have been the only only one with him. He was uh, Dylan Sampson, and he had 400 yeah. yards, six touchdowns. Um, and on three is the only one that had Samson. They had Caleb he, Johnson. He in was there. teeny tiny. To, uh, there's no way we would have nailed him. He was like yeah. 180 pounds listed. Yeah. We weren't going to have him. I. Um, true. And you know, I think you bring up a good point, David. Like maybe we need to keep track of these like six two or no six feet two hundred and runs of 21 miles an hour. Just period. If, uh, just check those I've, three boxes. I've got a list of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they did pretty well last year. And I remember Caleb Johnson. You talked about him on a three-star show because I believe he was a three-star um, going to Iowa. And, like, that's a great spot, I mean, just for production. And he ended up doing great. Um, and then they did have a big bust on three. Um, anybody know who Maurice Edwards is? Yeah. Even was he Purdue back, right? Uh, Vanderbilt. but Oh, Vanderbilt. No, I he... think you're thinking, it was another gold and black team. I think it was way cooler. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, no, no. It was Vanderbilt because I had him on our sleeper show because he's insane. He's like a 200 pound guy that's really athletic, but he didn't. Uh, yes, you're right, Vandy. 
Something happened with his enrollment. I don't know. I just he, remember the colors. I didn't. I don't remember his game at all. He got kicked out of school or something happened. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, that's. I didn't realize he was like you know had had academic issues or whatever. But they had him in their top. He was 16 for them, and I mean, obviously, a complete zero across the board. Um, but yeah, they were bold. I mean, AJ Allen, who we like, David, you and I at least. Um, yeah, I mean, running back five. Like that is crazy bold. Um, we did like him. I don't. I think he did not make it in our top twenty-five after all. But we did like him, and he produced pretty well. And hopefully, he'll recover from his ACL and uh, you know be a value Oh, is a collarbone? Well, that's even better mm-hmm. for for future healing up and all that. Um, and then they listed Relief Brown, who this is a guy I think we should maybe talk about touch touch on Relief Brown. They had him as a wide receiver. I didn't really know how to, you know, if that should be penalized or not. I, I don't remember where they even had him. I think he was like wide receiver in the teens or 20. Um, obviously, he's a running back, playing running back for, you know, but also catching the ball. He's a nice dual threat weapon. Where did we go wrong? Did we discount size too much? Probably maybe a little bit. I mean, it's his NFL projections are still kind of bleak. I mean, you know, he's he's primed to be an awesome returner at the next level, but you know, he's going to have to move to wide receiver at some point if he wants to, you know, or put on a bunch more weight. I mean, what's he listed at now? One eighty. Last yeah, I checked, like, you know, five seven, five eight. And you yeah, know, when you're that height, you know, it's going to be much harder to pack on twenty pounds than than like a six foot one running back. You know, so it's it's just hard to project him to the NFL level still, even with that speed. Yeah, he looked good though. About six hundred yards, five touchdowns. Um, we were very low on them on three. Didn't have him as a wide receiver or running back at all. Had him as a wide receiver. Um, I don't think he was even in our guide. I, we Maybe we just like didn't know what to do at all. Receiver, running back, really? and we just like skipped him altogether. That's surprising. Um, but, David, you, you think he's hashtag good at football. I, it seems like he proved it this year. I, and that's I don't a great think, offense. Yeah, I don't. I think we faded him too hard probably. Like, he, I don't think he should have – I think he wasn't – wasn't he like composite – running back two or something on 24 yeah. seven, yeah, which is like, yeah. like if you're going to have a guy that high, you got to think about NFL. So I think maybe we, we over overvalue weight to a, to a some extent, like, um, you know, we'll probably get like five, like NFL relevant players towards the top of each class, something like that. So like, I'm not going to be putting a 180 pound guy in my tier one or anything like that. But like, after that, you know, it's kind of a free range, just pick good football players. And, you know, he's good at football, so probably faded him a little too hard. Um, and he had a good freshman year, and he'll add, he'll add some more weight. But, you know, he's never going to be some Debbie asset, really. Yeah, that's a good point. We, we talked about this in the last few days. You know, outside of, like, the, the top guys you might want to put on your list, top five, whatever, I mean, they should probably meet some height weight requisite because those are going to be your Debbie – you're, you know, really banking on NFL future. But after that, like, it's kind of a grab. You're not like you're running back 15. You're not banking on NFL future at that point anyway. So at least not relevant to NFL future. So like maybe we should be swinging on these like young fast or uh, these really fast speedy types uh, or who can catch pass and things like that. And for 2023, at least I think I am bumping those guys up, not all the way to the top, but being way more open to a five, eight, five, nine hundred and eighty pound guy, you know, being really good. Um, we've seen that a lot this year. Uh, Devin Achain, Kendall, uh, Keaton Mitchell, 
And then obviously the freshman Relief Brown, Gavin Sawchuk, we just mentioned. I mean, these guys can do Richard it. Richard Reese killed it this year. Oh, yeah. He was another true freshman. He's real small, like 170, 175. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, let's touch on Rivals, who was really good, just as a reminder here. Um, they tied in touches, did not have quite as many yards, but also had the most touchdowns of the group in their top 25. And that's because they were the highest on Trevor Etienne, who really was very good for Florida. He definitely was their running back, too, from the start of the season. Uh, he had eight or nine touchdowns, you know, which adds up when you're a lot of people have guys with two, three touchdowns. That was a big guy to have in their top 10, Trevor Etienne. Um, he impressed me, too. I mean, what do you guys remember? I remember he just looked kind of slow, a little bit pudgy, and uh, showed up in Gainesville ready to play. And he basically looked good for the first practice. I mean, I remember reports saying that he was, like, very good in returning kickoffs. Where do we miss on him? Yeah, I would say, like, two guys that really surprised me were him and Katron Allen, where they, they – apparently started moving you know much better than how they looked on film you know their senior or junior films you know whichever ones we had available for them um you know especially alan where with the late weight loss where we can explain that not so much with etn i you knew that one really shocked me i didn't see the you know the standout ability like his brother did on his high school tape it just you know, it was, it, the juice just didn't really seem to be there so um, but, you know, I guess we were overlooking you with more of the technical aspects of his running, too. And he is actually a pretty good athlete. I you know, I think I've timed him at over 21 miles per hour in college. So uh, it was just something we just didn't see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he didn't look – I mean, watching him this year, he's, he's a good runner. He's, you know, good feet, uh, keeps his weight under him so he can spring and, you know, kind of make uh, those moves. He's just a really tough guy to tackle. You can never really get a square angle on him from as a defender. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he just – he looked different. And great point on Katron Allen, who we haven't really mentioned because in terms of being different, he was in everybody's top 25. Some people had him top 10. Some had him in the 15. But, you know, another guy – uh, him and Nick Singleton combined for over 2,000 yards as freshmen. They both hit 1,000. Super impressive from that Penn State freshman running back room. Um, but, yeah, Allen, he wasn't different. Everybody had him. But we, you know, he was another one that just, like, we heard, got, I remember we talked about on the show. Lost 15, 20 pounds. And I guess that's what he needed. So uh, kudos to Rivals. They had Jalen Glover in their top 25. I know we talked about him, at least in our Slack. I know he was on our radar. We, he did not make it into our top 25, but he had a pretty decent season uh, for Utah. Um, and then 24-7 didn't really have anybody that were that different. They had Relief Brown up at near the top like Rivals did. Um, they did not have Justin Williams in their top 25. I think there was their, there was maybe the only site that did not have Justin Williams. So good on them. They, they missed out on that bus. Um, otherwise not a lot of difference there. So, uh, with that being said, the boldness for running backs was generally tighter. Um, remember on three had a 6.5 boldness rating for receivers, only 5.5 for running backs. So the whole, you know, the whole group was a little tighter for running backs. We were 5.1. So again, a little bit different. I like that for us. Obviously Quinchon Junkins was our, you know, crown jewel. Um, but, uh, but otherwise I like that we were different again, uh, and did that, you know, for both position groups, but on three, what can you say? Both positions, they were the most different and the most production, like 
hats off to on three, everybody. Um, and that is on three specific, not consensus. I think I'm stopping. I think I'm just going to like stop looking at 24 seven consensus or on three really when I'm like mining the deep guys, I'm just going to go to like, just to get names. Well, that's, that's what I do on three. Just go to their normal rankings. That's how I find all my sleepers too. Well, not all of them, but cause Twitter. Yeah, and is to be fair, awesome like still. we're not, we're not, you know, we got to get the names from somewhere. We are not like copying those rankings from those websites, but like, that's just a place to get names, and, and then we go look at our own film and yeah. all that. And we have actually, we've ironed out our own process for finding brand new guys that aren't on services now, too. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have done a lot of work. I know, David, uh, uh, you've hit, you know, you, you've come up with a lot of different search terms on Twitter to find guys and, and guys who are getting new offers and hashtag blessed to receive, um, all those tricks of the trade that we're learning. Um but yeah, so I mean, all things considered, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with how we did. Like I said, I think you guys said at the beginning, six or seven out of ten in terms of your, you know, uh, happiness at how it all shook out. And I'd say I'm right there too. But definitely hashtag one last ride unfinished business for 2023. We need to get out there, um, and hopefully we'll crush it once again and and then get started on 2024. So looking forward forward now we're going to start wrapping up the 2023s we're going to have the three star show like we did last year where we only talk about some three stars that we like we're going to have i think this year i really want to do a g5 spotlight you know and we're going to probably have to wait maybe till signing day because i think those g5 teams will start getting some names you know who may be unranked right now or really really far down and, and so we'll have to see who ends up signing with all the g5 schools but that'll be fun um, we got a couple things cooking, so stick with us, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Thanks for you know embarking on this journey in this year, and uh, I think we did a great job and looking for for even better results coming forward. Absolutely. All right, for David and big wide receiver guy, this is Alfred for Campus Canton, and this has been the official.